Welcome to the Stuck and Rut Podcast. Got him. Dropped him. Nice shot, buddy. We are excited to bring you our stories and hunting tips to elevate your outdoor adventures and experiences. We aim to uncover the real, raw strategies of do-it-yourself hunting that will bring your dreams to life and generate success. To follow along with our yearly hunts, subscribe to Stuck in the Rut on YouTube. So, we are back with an episode of Stuck in the Rut. We have not been great at recording. Life is crazy. We've been hunting our butts off the last couple months. And speaking of, Adam is out scouting right now. So, I'm sitting down with my brother, Tom. Hey, Tom. How's it going? Hi, Tana. What you been up to lately? How have your hunts been? You got a nice bull. Yeah, I got a nice bull elk. Month September. I, I got lucky to draw a rifle tag in a unit that's typically archery only. And so that was pretty exciting to be able to be a little bit more selective and find a big bull. And it took, I took quite a while, took about two weeks, but then I finally found the big bull I was after and nailed him. (laughs) (laughs) yeah we might have to do a whole separate podcast on that one yeah that's too there's too much detail on that one so i was like let's let's not get too much detail on that hunt but um but it was a fun hunt and the deed is done and he's big um yeah i was nice bull and then you got like how many wolves now already this year yep this year i'm at four Four in one day. No biggie. Yeah. Well, yeah. Four in like 40 seconds or less. (laughs) Probably more like 15 seconds. And then, uh, Trav did trap one this spring. Um, on our way to work, we just, we were noticing there was a bunch of wolves moving through and, um, they were pretty much patterned well. And so Travis just set some footholds. And so we checked those every day after or every day before work and, um, finally hooked one of them and then a trapper got the other. So, um, that pack was gone Yeah. and then spring, spring bear. And then Tana, you got, yeah, that bear encounter, which I'm sure everybody heard about already on a podcast with Trevor and then, uh, caribou that, which is the size of Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Makes my it makes my big bull elk look like a rag bull. My my big bull that I got a couple of weeks ago, that one scored three forty four, and Tana's caribou scored what for four sixty five. Four sixty five. So yeah, I'm I'm sure that bull elk would look. I, I mean, I'm I'm sure the score system may be slightly different, but at the same time, I, I bet you that thing just. But you might just fits in Tana's caribou rack. (laughs) (laughs) How wide is your caribou, Tana? 55 inches. 55. Yeah. So my bull elk is 48 wide. So yeah, it does fit in your rack. Mm -hmm. And then what are your beams? Uh, Small beams. So in this thick timber country, we don't get those 50 inch main beams. It's they they get about 40s. 
to be lucky. And so this one was a 48 and a 46. Nice. On that one. And then that old bull I killed a couple years ago was pretty similar with, with the beams that they just don't really get any bigger than that. You get more in the Southern Idaho country and the more sagebrush country and you get those longer 55 inch main beam genetics. We yeah. just, they kind of plateau at 46, 48, and then they start growing points. And Trav's biggest bull was 360. And it was the same thing. Trav's big 360 bull he got in this thick timber country. That one was also like a, you know, just had long points, but still same thing. 46, 47 inch main beams. They just really <laughs> they don't get any bigger. But yeah. I, yeah, it's been a good year so far between bears and wolves and moose, caribou, elk, all of it. So we have mm -hmm. lots of episodes to record, but today we're going to talk a lot about mule deer. So I want you on here because you're kind of the muley guy and you just told me you launched a course. So I want you to be able to tell people a little bit about mule deer hunting. Let's just hear how you got into it because I have never killed a mule deer. You guys know that. I think I've been with you a few times, but... I don't know anything about mule deer, so I'm excited to learn from you too, Tom. So, muley master, what what got you into mule deer hunting? Well, I think, you know, just, um, I think all of us as kids, we all, you know, we're, we were originally into whitetail and turkey just because of the convenience of it. But I think I always had a desire to hunt animals in the, in the high ele higher elevation, elk and mule deer. And I mean, I was hooked immediately after I shot my first mule deer buck, the first time I ever killed a mule deer, um, well, actually, so my first one was with dad and, uh, they pulled down into this wintering range and we were able to get one there. And then the second muley buck was probably my, it was actually a pretty big mature one, um, for the area. I don't remember what that one scored. It was about 175. And that's really, and I, and I got that one in my teens and that's really what gave me the idea of like, man, I want to learn about mule deer hunt. Cause at that point, yeah, I had two mule deer under my belt, but I still really did not know anything about mule deer. And I, and the thing I would notice is I would, they were very unpredictable, especially in thick timber country where one minute I go in the mountains and I just see mule deer everywhere, you know, all these deer. And then it's like, okay, well, I'm going to hit here the next day. You go in the same spot, they're gone. They're not there. And it's almost like, it's almost like they didn't even exist there. I'm like, what happened? And, you know, and, and then especially you go in, you know, previous years, you know, or sorry, you pretty much go year after year after year. And it sometimes seems that mule deer are unpredictable. Um, I noticed this too. I just talked to guys who are really good at mule deer hunt and I'd ask them advice. Like how, how do you guys find these mule deer? And they'd say the same thing. They'd say like, oh, mule deer are very unpredictable animals. Like, You'll notice like it'll snow, you know, three feet and all of a sudden they move up the mountain. It's like, that's confusing because everything else is moving down. Why are the muleys moving back up? And, and so there's a lot of this confusion that I had that I wanted to resolve, right? It's like, if I want to be a consistent mule deer hunter or consistently pulling big bucks off the mountain. I have to learn how to find and kill these big bucks. And so that's when I started doing my research and I started spending a lot of time in the mountains. And over time, it all started to make sense to me. And the more it made sense to me, the, my harvest increased. Now, it didn't mean that I was hunting good mule deer areas. In fact, 
the areas that was hunting, the, uh, the mule deer population was decreasing because of the high amounts of predation. So even some of the best mule deer hunters that I looked up to stopped killing mule deer bucks, but I didn't, I actually was increasingly finding big muleys, killing them. And, you know, and even Travis and I were talking about the other day, my brother was saying how impressed he is the fact that, you know, there, there will be only two muley bucks in a wintering range. You know, and when that snow leaves in that high country, there's thousands and thousands of miles where these mule deer could be, and you don't know where they're at. But he has always been impressed with me and how I was able to find those exact muley bucks we'd saw in their wintering range. And it's just, it just, everything started to make sense. And, and then on top of that, I think we, we just have, in a sense, we've have a lot of experience now hunting other regions that have completely different vegetation, climate, terrain, and are, and it hasn't stopped us from killing big muley bucks. And these are still in areas that aren't even that popular in hunting mule deer. Does that make sense? Yep. Yeah, for sure. And it is crazy because, mm-hmm. like, like you said, there's some guys that were really good at mule deer hunting, and then when it got bad and the predation kind of moved in, everyone else stopped killing, but Tom would come home with big muleys every single year. And we're just like, okay, he's just lucky or something. Yeah, <laughs> You just have the secrets. Well, yeah. And it just started to make sense. And then, you know, and the one thing too, cause I grew up in, and we, you and I um, grew up in timber country, heavy timber country. And so we didn't have the glassing did not help us. I wasn't able to glass, um, you know, 500,000 yards away to find the deer. So we were all pretty much, um, hunting based on track sign and, and pretty much putting puzzle pieces together. It being just putting time in the mountains in this thick timber country. And to us, I feel like our family just in general found out the secret formula and hunting those big timber bucks. But then I would take that same knowledge and we would go to Southern Idaho or we go to Utah, Wyoming, Colorado. We've traveled a lot of places to hunt mule deer. And it's got, and it was nothing but easier because now you can see the mule deer and you can see what they're doing. And so I, so even though it was different terrain than I used to hunt, we were still pulling big bucks off the mountain. And these, again, were units that these units that we've been hunting mule deer, we have yet to draw actually a really good mule deer unit. We haven't yet. We still just pick up these general tags, or it could be just a tag where it only takes a couple points. You know, they're, they're not the units that people brag about or that have the hype. And that's the one thing I, I try to explain in my class too, is that people are chasing the hype. and if you're chasing people, you're going to get people, <laughs> right? And yeah. I, I mean, I'm sure you've seen that fishing in Alaska in some spots where one guy, and it's usually Adam, he's catching all the fish. And then all of a sudden, all these other fishermen start hovering around you guys because they're like, oh, well, they're catching all the fish. So they might be in a good fishing <laughs> hole. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yep. <laughs> and that's not what it is. It's that Adam is very skilled 
and knowing how to catch fish. And he has not just one technique, he has several different techniques. So if one's not working, he uses another. And, and that's what I noticed when I was fishing with you guys. And, and it was so funny because here's all these guys who are considered as guides taking all these fishermen out or, and Adam was catching all the fish. <laughs> we were, our boat was hooking all the fish and everybody's looking around us like, what is happening? <laughs> well, I mean, Adam does the same thing. He's just like, oh, go where the people are. That's where, <laughs> that's where the fish are. Yeah. And so that's exactly what I'm trying to teach people is that don't stop following the hype. Start, start picking apart mountains, start doing your research and find, find your own honey hole where there's big meal deer. And I think, you know, in a lot of sense too, I had people ask me about, you know, where should I hunt? They, they literally said this, like we're, I mean, there's one individual I'm thinking of right now where they're just, they're just so blown away about our success. And they're like, where are you mule deer hunt? I want to mule deer so bad. And literally, literally the spot I hunt is behind their house. One of the spots I do. And it, and it almost makes me laugh when I drive past them. Like they don't even realize that, that there are their house is right next to a really good mule deer spot, but it's because they don't know how to hunt the mule deer is why they're not successful. Um, and so, well, anyways, you know, I knew I had, you know, I knew that I, I knew how to kill big muleys. And, but then when I started really realizing I had something was when I would start, I started helping a couple people, you know, um, I'd say one time example, uh, we know, uh, you know, Jeff Bynum, the financial advisor. Yeah. He, he's talked to you before. Um, yep. one day he, he contacted me and, and so he, he even agreed to that. I can use his name. Um, well, he was really frustrated with trying to hunt big timber bucks. You know, he, he's hunted me all there in open country before, but he was, he just hit the, hit the mountain over and over and over again. He was just struggling. And I was like, well, and, you know, and I, and I gave him some pointers here and there, but then finally there was this day where I was hunting the mountain and just based on the snow conditions, I was like, oh, like with these snow conditions, I'm pretty positive. I know where these mule deer are at. Well, immediately right after I was thinking that he called, he's like, Tom, I, he's like, I am just beat. I'm burnt. I just don't know what to do. I'm pretty much going to hang up the rifle. <laughs> I'm done hunting for these muleys. I was like. I was like, do you know of anywhere I at least can go to do an afternoon hunt? I was like, I was like, actually, I think you, I think you need to hit this spot right here, and I'll tell you why. I was like, the snow conditions are perfect. These muleys are going to pull right there with, with the type of snow that's there. And then also I gave him some techniques. When he gets in there and starts seeing tracks, this is what he should do. Well, he did that, and he pulled a big buck that night off the mountain. Awesome. And is I thought it was really neat because, you know, it's that showed me it's like, okay, I, I'm not just getting lucky every single year. Like everybody thinks, like I, I know what I'm talking about. And yeah. Then, like um, there's an actual strategy behind it. There's actually a strategy. Exactly. And then, um, then also I had another good friend who drew a mule deer tag in Southern Idaho. And I, I did commit in the past that if he drew that tag, I go down and help him. And it was convenient because I was also going right to a Colorado mule deer hunt. And, and so I went down first to help him on this hunt. And immediately 
you know, although it, it, this is an area that has a hype, I wasn't seeing a lot of deer. It was a migration area. So it's actually really dependent on snow for the mealies to move in. That snow didn't hit yet. And so when you move down there, realize the snow hasn't hit yet. And there was very little mule deer sign, or at least seeing mule deer in general, where I, you know, I pulled the spine scope out, glassy areas. And, and I started realizing, seeing all the people that was, there's a lot of people hunting the area and driving the roads. And so I realized that the hunting pressure has moved the muleys in some, in some different areas. So that's when I started picking apart maps and finding where, where we can go to get away from the hunting pressure. And again, one day we camped, we made a plan, went back there. And I'm telling you, my friend, this is his first mule deer ever. He's never mule deer hunted before, or at least he's never been successful mule deer hunting. I took him back there and went based on, you know, what I was feeling would be the best place to go. And he shot a tank and, and I forgot how much we scored that buck, but it was, it was a big muley. And then after that, I went straight to Colorado in an area I've never hunted before and never stepped foot. And it only, I think for most non-residents, it's about a two point unit or so to, to get that tag, but it's, it's one of those easier tags. And even my friends who are telling me about this, you know, they said not even elk hunters or, or sorry, um, not even residents try to hunt mule deer in this unit. It's, it's more or less an elk unit. So there's more elk hunters than mule deer, but there's still a lot of people in the woods. Um, but they said, if they said that, you know, they've had a difficult time pulling big bucks that they've always, that they've always seen them. So they know they're there, but in my mind, I'm like, well, if there's big bucks there, then I want to be there. Right. And, and so I went in that unit and like I said, it's a very easy tag to get. doesn't even have a mule deer reputation. <laughs> and then one day I killed a 193 inch mule deer. I was like, wow, that's, that's pretty awesome. And, and again, there are certain techniques that I did that allowed me to harvest that buck. If I went into that hunt naive, I was literally blown that hunt. I know that I would have, and I've seen hunt and I was, and I was not the only person there either. It was a very high populated hunting area there was it was you've heard of a pumpkin patch no so it's a term that people use when there's just blaze orange vest all over okay. you know yeah so, we don't have blaze orange here so no, just yeah not a problem for us <laughs> yeah not a problem um but yeah there was just every ridge and so when i first got a glimpse of this buck i knew i had to you know make a good shot and as i was sitting on that Colorado buck getting ready, getting set up. He was at 400 yards. There was some hunters, some guys on blaze orange and they were skyline just walking and they weren't picking up their binders or anything. They were just walking. And I'm just like, Oh my gosh, you're going to blow this hunt. And, and that muley, I saw that muley's eyes just go right to those hunters. And I'm like, I got to make a shot quick here. And thankfully I did buck dropped. And I saw those hunters just get down like, what just happened? <laughs> and then when I ran over there to check on my buck, they're sitting there looking through their binos on the other side. It was hilarious. But, but again, and then I, the thing is in the units like that, I kept in contact. There's a bunch of guys I've met on that hunt. Um, pretty much lifelong friends, I could say. And 
I was like, we need to stay in contact because I want to know how you guys do by the end of the hunting season. They're like, okay, yeah. Like I, and each one of those guys could not find a big muley buck. And these are guys that have hunted those units before. And they're just like, we just can't find them, you know? Just the same thing like I felt like when I was first getting into mule deer hunting, you know? And not to say they're not good hunters. It's just when there's certain weather conditions or certain things that change in a mule deer's habit, people don't know how to adapt or they don't know other hunting techniques. They're, they're only stuck to one. And if, if it doesn't work out, then they pretty much eat their tag or they shoot a young buck. Um, but to us and for myself, I mean, our, our team, I say our team in general, like Travis is a really good mule deer hunter. My dad's a really good mule deer hunter, but I think everybody agrees that I'm the muley guy in a sense. Like I'm obsessed with mule deer, mule deer hunting. Um, and, and so, you know, again, I felt like I had something there. I felt, you know, cause I think I'm in some way, like you said, like I was just felt like I was just getting really lucky over and over and over again. And then I just realized that people just weren't understanding mule deer. And so then I started realizing, okay, no, I, I do actually know about mule deer. I, I do know what's going on. Um, I think in some way I just assumed everybody else knew <laughs> everybody yeah. else knew mule deer. Yeah. And, I, mean, and I, thi- I think we overlook that sometimes. Like yeah. we think that everybody knows what we do. I do this with my kids. I do this with my clients. Like I'll just assume that people know what I'm talking about and know <laughs> what I'm thinking. And when we go to those assumptions all the time, we honestly overlook a lot of the basics that people don't even understand. So it mm-hmm. is, yeah. Like, the difference between luck and, you know, strategy is when you see something or somebody consistently produce over and over and over, you know, that they actually know what they're doing. Like, for instance, we know that Adam is going to pull a big moose or two every single year without a doubt, right? That's Mm -hmm. not luck. It's his strategy. It's the way that he does it. Just like you, we know you're going to pull a big muley out every single year. There are those people that we know consistently produce that's not luck. <laughs> that's yeah. strategy. They know what they're doing. Exactly. And, and sure. Every so often a, a blind squirrel will find a nut and you got some guy that's never hunted mule deer before. We'll just get lucky, you know, and stumble upon or same thing with moose. Right. But it's the yep. consistency yep. is Over what time. really, it's really separates the hunter. And so that's really what, this course is all about is we're not just we're we're covering all different types of terrain um in this course the one thing i'm not going to teach is i'm not teaching those new mexico or mexico desert mule deer you know that those ones are very much different the terrain's a a lot different they're very comfortable and they're actually in fact a different species of mule they're not the rocky mountain mule deer um but besides that we're teaching about Rocky Mountain mule deer, which you know that covers. Well, yeah. let's let's come up with the list: Colorado, Wyoming, Oregon, Washington, Utah, Montana, Idaho, parts of Nevada. I mean, there's, and then of course Canada. Actually, in fact, I've actually had this question a lot by people that hunt British Columbia. Does this course cover British Columbia? Absolutely. 
talk about timber bucks. They got some of the big timber bucks and they get an awesome amount of snow, which actually benefits their, that, that benefits the experience of mule deer hunting. It just pulls them into these certain areas. And, and if you know how to find them, then you know how how to, to execute the hunt. Um, but really it's about putting yourself in the mind of a mule deer and, and finding them that way. People can follow me in the woods all they want, but I don't kill big bucks in the same spot every single year. Big bucks are big for a reason and they know how to avoid people. They know how to avoid predators. And so you have to think outside the box and you have to figure out, okay, what's this big buck going to do when you got a big buck? And, and when it actually, when you start figuring it out, then it starts to make sense. I think that the purpose of this course is actually to cut your learning curve in half. I mean, you could spend another eight to 10 years to figure out what I know, because the thing is I've already put in the years of experience in this course and the, miles. Cut, and the miles, many, 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 many miles cutting that learning curve in half, if not more. And it's going to make sense. And the other thing that's actually that really I, I love to hear is, so I've had a lot of testimonials already about this course and not just from people that are getting into mule deer hunting for the first time, but I actually had some, a couple from some really experienced mule deer hunters and which, which really helps me understand, but they said, and, and actually pretty much the same exact, um, the same, the same exact positive feedback. And that is there were certain things I noticed in the woods that I didn't quite put together until I took the course and then everything made sense, you know? And so you got really good mule deer hunters that are analyzing certain things in mule deer doing, but it didn't quite make sense to them. But after taking the course I, and me explaining what they're doing, it made sense to them. And so I felt like that was a really good, I, that's the type of feedback I like to hear. Yep. Because because that's exactly that was my struggle when I first got in the mule hunt. It was there was things that didn't make sense, and that's what I, it's the same with wolf hunt. It's the same with any hunt I have. I I don't like it when it doesn't make sense. And I and to and maybe I don't know. <laughs> I mean I'm not I'm not saying this in a weird way, but I don't know if I have some sort of weird autism or what. But I'm just like to me, I just like. I have to know how to do it for me to be good. You know, I always like anytime I do something, I have to be the best at it. Not, I'm not trying to get attention. I'm doing it for myself. Mm-hmm. I want to pull the big buck off the mountain to fulfill my personal goals. Yep. And the thing is, I'm just so obsessed with mule deer to like, I don't have to hunt mule deer to enjoy being around them. I love shed hunting. I love glassing them. I like just being around them. There's just such a cool animal. And the image in my head is always that big buck on the side of a steep, rocky cliff, you know, just looking back at me. And, you know, that is just the, you know, I think we all get that image in our head, right? Like, I mean, what would you say is your animal that you, you're obsessed with hunting, Tana? Moose. Moose. So like, what would you like, if you were to picture a big bull moose, where would it be at? 
like kind of like your dream image? Would it be in the alders? Would it be in the tundra? <laughs> I don't want them in the alders, but that's usually where they're at. So yeah, <laughs> to be realistic. They're bedded in the alders. Let's they're bedded in the alders, <laughs> or the big one that you just shot recently that just walked out. Came out of it. nowhere. Came out of nowhere, but it's just going whoa, 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 waving its rack back and forth. I mean, like, I think we all have that image, right. Of like that dream animal and, and harvesting it. And I, and I just, to me, you know, I feel like in a sense, I'm living a dream. Like this is something I've always wanted to be good at since I was a kid. And now I feel like I've reached that point in my life and I'm grateful for that. And the thing is, I want other people to feel that same accomplishment. You know, I, I think that was the one thing too, that got me inspired to do this course was, you know, I talked about Jeff and I talked about my other friend that I went to Southern Idaho with. I saw the excitement after their success. And that brought such joy to me seeing that, you know, that they had such a blast and it's almost like a once in a lifetime experience for them that they'll never forget. And those are the type of experiences I want other people to have is those, those experiences to where like, boom, they killed that big buck they're looking for. And it was because they did the course. I mean, that would just make me feel so good that this course helped them um, fulfill the goals that they are wanting. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I was going to ask you that kind of what inspired you, but you just answered it. And so if you could kind of summarize why, well, we know why you made the course, we know kind of what areas it entails, but if you could like, you know, say the perfect person, if people are listening to this and they're like, is this for me? What, you know, can you kind of describe what that person is feeling, what they're thinking, who is this course really for? So I'd say it's for two different people. It's, it's for, first of all, it's for people who just have a, in just in general, um, the desire. So first everything starts with desire and you need to have the desire to hunt mule deer, right? I mean, that's where it starts, but I think anybody can talk and say that they have a desire, right? I have a desire to go to the gym. I have a desire to kill something big. But that's when the discipline and the motivation comes in. Your desire, you need, to, you need to act on your desire and have that discipline to be able to go out there and pursue those big mature mule deer. And in a sense, you, they need to listen. They need to be patient. Patience in learning. Like, if you're not patient, you just want a quick answer. Like, just tell me how to kill a mule deer and tell me where so that you just go out and do it. Like, you need to be patient. You need to be patient with this course. Uh, I think with our stuck and rep videos, we're always trying to make things entertaining. If I, if I throw a bunch of, and I've just noticed this, if I throw a bunch of information and on, a net, on a hunting episode, people get bored and people don't want to watch it. And that's yeah. sad because that is actually where the information is and how to kill a big buck, you know? And so in this course, we're breaking down information and you need to be patient. You need to be in some way humble and willing to learn. And hopefully this answers your question too. 
that no matter how good of a mule deer hunter you think you are, you need to always admit that you can learn something new. And that is the one thing I always have to strive to do myself. Every time I think I know everything about mule deer, I am quickly humbled. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like I'm like, I think I know everything about mule deer. And then all of a sudden, I'll just have an experience where I'm back to my old stage where I can't find them. And I'm like, oh my gosh, where are they at? And then, you know, and you just go through the thing. But the reality is that I'm always evolving and changing and adapting. And and I'll even say I got, I have a buck I'm watching right now. Um, well, technically two, uh, one that I found sheds to and one that I saw recently in September. And so I need to, and they're two to separate places. So I'm going to have to put in my time and research in these areas. I got trail cams out and, and I'm picking apart maps and where I need to camp all those things in order to fulfill that. Um, but besides that though, I think and to answer your question, regardless if you're experienced or inexperienced mule deer hunter, you need to go into this course with an open mind. It's, if you feel like if you, I don't want people going in this course with an ego, think I already know that, <laughs> please, you know, that's, you're not going to learn anything if you act like that. You have to go in willing to learn. And some of the detail is very small. Some of the things, I think a lot of people are actually missing the basics too. Even the most experienced mule deer hunters are missing yep. the basics of mule deer hunting. You we both talked about this already. Sometimes it's not even about this complex answer. Sometimes it's, it's about perfecting the basics is how you, you know, you can be a mule deer hunter and you know everything about mule deer, but if you, you, but if you're not perfecting the basics, that, that could be your struggle on why you're not killing them. Um, so we're going to teach you everything from the basics, the things that you may be walking past. I think that's something that people do all the time is you always walk past information. Um, you know, some of the best mule deer hunters, regardless if it's a mule deer track, mule deer track or not, they'll stop and look at the ground. And if there's just a scuff, if there's just a pebble out of place, they're going to stop and analyze the ground and see what 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 rolled that pebble was that a was that a deer track was that a bear you know it's yeah. it's about being i think observant is the best thing um and like i said there's a lot of different techniques because we're going to in this course i'm going to teach you how to be observant and then for what you see in your observation how do you go from there um i mean if i went through I mean, this course is long and, and complex in some way, but yet I taught it simply because I know that that's what's going to help you. You know, that I always try to teach things simply as I can because I know that myself, as someone who's learning, anytime somebody's teaching me about something, they get too complex on me, I start daydreaming. I start spacing <laughs> yeah. out. So I try it myself when I teach to make things simple as I can. You know, it could be, it could be complex information. Like I said, like there's some things that are very complex, but I, I, I simplify it. I simplify the complexity of mule deer hunting. I think that's the best way to say it. Good. And yeah. yeah. And, and, and so far, like I said, I, and I want negative feedback, but I haven't got it yet. I, I want people to tell me if there's something I'm missing, if there's something they didn't learn that they want to learn. 
Um, but so far everything's been positive and yeah, I, I think that's pretty much it. Awesome. Amazing. Mm-hmm. That sounds sweet. Um, can you tell us like where people can get this course, how they find it? Yes. Well, it's stuck in a rut mulethermasterclass.com you can find it on our instagram um i have it linked on our instagram right now i'm also on our youtube channel i just posted i just did a post about the course too it's how to hunt mule deer and i put a link on there as well um yeah and and it'll it goes through and just explains a little bit of background pretty much everything that i was just talking about right now um but yeah if you have if you need me to spell it out stuck in the rut um that rather than it being in it's an n for stuck in the rut mule deer masterclass.com um but yeah it should pop up yeah i'll put it if, in the show notes too okay sounds scroll good down and click on it okay there you go yeah or the good so, old yeah. there you go <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know, you know more about the podcast thing than I do. So yeah. Awesome. Well, when does, uh, when do a lot of these seasons open? I'm not in the lower 48 realm. So when well, does the so, really start? So the area that I hunt, and I mentioned this before that it's, it's the population's actually been decreasing because of predation. Um, so my season actually got cut another five days this year so it goes from the first to the 15th um i tried to put in for three different mule deer units um, i tried to put in for montana colorado wyoming and and actually well, idaho too but there's just this huge surge of of new hunters i guess you could say that and uh, lost my ability to draw <laughs> i guess i didn't draw anything outside so i'm like okay well i'll just i'll just stick to the areas i know and you know a lot of it i've, I've already had trail cams out and stuff this year just to just for a you know good measure and, and uh it's just it's some steep country but well worth well you know very rewarding when you pull a big buck out of here um but yeah november 1st to the 15th there's a lot of units actually down south. I think the biggest opportunity for people to kill muleys is the month of October because it's an easy tag to get, but it's a very challenging time to kill them. They go nocturnal. They're, uh, they lose that velvet. It seems after they lose that velvet off their rack in September, they, they act much differently and, and a little more elusive. Um, so... And we do teach a lot about how to hunt those October mule deer just because just the opportunity to get one of those tags is good. And I actually would have got one of those tags. I would have um, tried to pick one of those up, but um, stuck in our team got some other plans this October. So, so I thought I'd hold off on that and just focus on November, that November. So, um, but yeah, lots of fun things coming up and, um, yeah, and hopefully I have a lot of time because I won't get too much detail on our Alaska. We're going to hunt in Alaska together as a family, end of October, early November. And so that's going to actually take most of my deer season. Um, so I'm probably going to have about three to four days to try to make it happen. 
can try to find try nice. to find that button. <laughs> um but that's okay regardless but yeah i mean cross my fingers he's a big one awesome cool mm -hmm. tom um so how long does it take someone to go through the course is there like a timeline or can you kind of go through it at your own pace last question you go through it at your own pace uh if you when you purchase the class you got access to it for a full year which is nice um, but you probably want to get through it before your hunt season starts so that you know what you're expecting. Um, but I, there was one guy that I, that replied back and he said it took him a, a full entire day to go through the course, but he, you know, he pretty much just sat down and just went through it all day long. Um, but I'd say, you know, comfortably could take you a week. Um, just go through the information step by step. And I like to do visuals too. For me, I, it's hard to just like right now when I'm talking, it's hard to just tell people how to hunt. And so when in this course, I'm actually showing you how to hunt. I feel like the best teachers are the ones that show rather than teach. And so, um, um, so, you know, like the old saying of like, you know, the best teachers, are the ones that don't even need to use words. You know, it's more of their actions that, that are teaching. So in a sense, I'll break down. I actually am breaking down stack and rut videos of, of some of our best mule deer hunts. And I'm explaining what we did to pretty much to, we, we break that down to explain how that hunt was successful. Cause like I said, when we do those mule deer hunts and I edit those videos, we're showing it in a sense of entertainment so that you guys enjoy the video and we even get people, Oh, that looks so easy. It's like, <laughs> yeah, well let me break it down for you. And then you can, you can judge for yourself. Um, you know, there's a lot of, you know, from the scouting to the accessing the area. I mean, I break it all down step-by-step step, how we found the mule deer, you know, everything we even talk about the gun we use one of the better mule deer guns that actually just got built it's kind of a mule deer wolf gun combined i i got it built specifically for them too um and and for those close those close range shots but yeah i think that's that's pretty much i'd say what to expect awesome mm-hmm Sweet. Well, whenever I hunt mule deer, I'm going to be hitting you up. <laughs> if I, <laughs> but I will be yeah. seeing you in three weeks. I will see you in three weeks. And I hope I am ready because I have a lot to do in the next three weeks. <laughs> I got to get my house ready to, before I go so that the subs can come in and finish my house nice. and building. But yeah, lots and lots of busy work. Yep. Got lots all... of hunts and stories and videos coming up, hopefully. Yeah, and we needed that'd be great if we could do a podcast in Alaska too. That'd be awesome. But I know the one thing though with Alaska though is is battery power. Like I I've the cold weather is hard on batteries. So sometimes, especially if you're out for a couple of weeks, you could run out of film, run out of battery really quick. Oh, we'll have, so you have to between all of us <laughs> yeah i think we're just going to charge everything up and we're just going to stack it just get lots of footage um stay tuned for that that's gonna be fun 
Yeah, it's going to be great. Cool, Tom. Well, thanks for all the mule deer hunting tips in this course. And I'm really excited for it. And I'll just put that link in the show notes so you guys can go right to it. Awesome. Thank you so much, Tana. You're the best sister ever. <laughs> thanks, buddy. That's it for today, everyone. Thanks for joining us. If you like the podcast, please leave us a review and also reach out to us with any questions. Until next time.